Chapter Eleven of Historical Romance of the American Negro by Charles Fowler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Grand demonstration at the military hospital. Music and speeches. The armies reviewed by President Lincoln. The war in Virginia. Fight at New Market Heights. Fall of Petersburg and Richmond. Flight of the rebels their surrender at abomattox courthouse rejoicing over the good news the lincoln family leave new orleans and arrive home at buffalo as the hospital where my husband was staying was at this time one of the greatest attractions of new orleans the authorities determined to make the most of our arrival there and in short get up a demonstration in force and honor of the colored soldier and the glorious deeds he had done on the far extended battlefield all the way from the potomac to the rio grande and it was decided that some high military general should be asked to take the chair at this great meeting in the largest hall at the hospital as the newspaper reporters were once more on hand in force it will be unnecessary for me to say any more about this grand demonstration only i may say that men have a peculiar love for flattering the fair sex and i think that newspaper reporters at least those in the sunny south lead all the rest of the flatterers i will here insert a copy from the article of the same paper that contained the glowing account of our arrival at new orleans grand demonstration at the military hospital mrs beulah lincoln on the colored soldier it will be a long time before the citizens of new orleans and louisiana will forget the mighty gathering that took place last night at the military hospital where the commanding general took the chair and nobly presided for two hours over a mixed multitude of all races and professions to be entertained by captain thomas lincoln mrs beulah lincoln and their two daughters all of whom are by this time well known to the people of louisiana the colored soldiers officers and general population were out in force and between them and the white portion of the audience standing-room at last was a premium and hundreds were turned away for want of room in the hall all things being now in readiness the chairman called the meeting to order by saying ladies and gentlemen we are assembled here to-night for an evening's entertainment from the lincoln family of buffalo and we may also consider this a public reception of the same family and inasmuch as mrs lincoln is a splendid hand on the piano and a number one singer in the bargain and as i had the pleasure of hearing her myself only the other day going through the mocking-bird at a rate and in a way such as i have never heard no never elsewhere i will ask this accomplished lady to give us the mocking-bird and sing to her own accompaniment at the same time when mrs lincoln arose and advanced to the grand piano on the stage in front of the audience a most tremendous outburst of applause arose from the audience and almost brought down the roof but our plucky and accomplished musician struck in without stint and such a mockingbird came forth from her lungs and off the chords of the piano as has not been heard for many a long day on the lower mississippi the attention was such as could be felt and when she got through with the performance the applause was simply indescribable 
an encore was immediately called for with such vigor that the fair player was forced to comply and with grand spirit and vim she gave us we are coming father abraham six hundred thousand more this really is a grand story to which mrs lincoln's clever hands and powerful sweet voice did ample justice another encore was called for but the gallant chairman interfered by rising and saying we now call upon captain thomas lincoln for a few remarks let us all give our most earnest attention to captain tom when the applause that had greeted his appearance had somewhat died down captain lincoln went on to say ladies and gentlemen such a night as this makes up for all i have suffered in the cause of the union and freedom when i first entered the army to assist in putting down the rebellion i came down to the state of louisiana and did my level best against the enemy along the lower mississippi while we in louisiana and the colored troops in south carolina under general hunter proved from our first blows that we could and would fight the president and his cabinet were deterred by many prejudiced men in the north and in the very army itself from enlisting colored men a portion of the northern press was forever thundering against the enlistment of colored men on account of the prejudice against the color of the skin or at least against the inheritance of a few drops of african blood they were envious and jealous lest the descendant of african parentage should fall side by side with the fair-skinned caucasian should die and be buried with him or if he survived the shock of war should receive the self-same honors as his anglo-saxon brother of course the white man of the north knew that we could fight quite as well as himself why not but he was afraid of our proving that our claims to manhood were as good as anything he could claim for himself and therefore he felt unwilling to give us a chance then again not only did the slaveholders of the south desire the continuation of slavery but there was an immense mixed multitude of their sympathizers north of mason and dixon's line who took the same view of the situation and who foresaw that once the colored race marched to the field slavery would come to an end this opposition was rampant in the union army and throughout the north till the southerns had given us dozens if not hundreds of lickings on many a hard-fought field and the winter of eighteen sixty two saw the entire nation in a fearful state of depression what was to be done the answer was at hand as a matter of immediate military necessity call the colored men into the field free them and end the war then drilling of colored men began at once from the atlantic to the rocky mountains and from the great lakes to the ohio and missouri rivers and now i believe that we have some two hundred thousand colored men in the field and in the fleets together neither have we fought for pay nor from any other personal selfish motive we have fought for the salvation of uncle sam and the freedom of the slave at one and the same time we have not fought for ourselves alone we have fought for others and all the commanding generals have ever given us a good word and never a bad one they have uniformly praised our men with a good grace and praised them without stint now the south is steadily going down 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 all they have left is a small section in the northeastern part of the confederacy and they cannot hold out much longer still like rats they will fight as long as there is one man left standing on his feet i'm afraid we shall have to kill every one of them for they are a stiff-necked and rebellious generation and they will never surrender whilst they have a man in front who can carry a flag 
i ought to be in virginia now myself where so many of my friends and compatriots under grant are wearing out the rebellion to a nonentity i would like to be there and would soon show the rebels and rebel sympathizers again whether i will fight or not but i am not entirely recovered even now from the wounds i received up the river and here i will remain until i am cured captain lincoln having thus spoken resumed his seat amidst a perfect storm of applause all over the hall the gallant chairman once more arose and said ladies and gentlemen it is now my extreme pleasure to bring under your kind notice the two accomplished young daughters of mr and mrs lincoln two of the sweetest girls that i ever met with in all my life they are regular attendants of a christian church at buffalo and have also received a first-class musical education in the north they will now treat us all to a fine duet on the grand piano when the commanding general had thus spoken these two elegant girls advanced to the piano took their seats and commenced a duet which gave a world of pleasure to all assembled in the hall both soldiers and citizens alike and where and how these girls had got so much training and perfected musical education was a wonder to many be that as it may the girls were not at all daunted and played as quietly and collected as if they had been in a private parlour at home when the girls had got through their lively and enthusiastic duet the applause that followed was so great and continued that they were obliged to comply with the demand for an encore which they accordingly gave and which was if possible better than the one before it and was rewarded with another tremendous round of applause the chairman arose again and said ladies and gentlemen we have all listened with extreme pleasure to the two duets played by these two children we will now call upon mrs thomas lincoln to address the house she did splendid service during the abolition campaign that led on to the election of abraham lincoln and thousands who are now free have already risen up and called her blessed but we will now have the pleasure of hearing the lady herself mrs lincoln on coming forward was met with a splendid reception from the audience who even rose to their feet and cheered loudly it was a glorious sight to see the meeting at this time the handsome lady waiting on the stage and soldiers and citizens liked to go frantic with joy as well indeed they might when order had been evolved out of chaos mrs lincoln proceeded as follows gallant general ladies and gentlemen it seems to me that this must be the happiest day of my life thus to stand before an audience in the famous crescent city in company with my dear husband and daughters most assuredly this is the red-letter day of my life if i ever had one to address both soldiers and citizens at new orleans and yet i am quite overwhelmed when i contrast the little i was permitted to do in the abolition campaign before the war with what many a brave man yes hundreds of thousands of men have done since and are doing now both by day and by night i feel quite overcome when i think even of these brave men all around me here and remember the easy times by comparison that we abolitionists had as we travelled the northern states and were not always well received yes small and puny was our work compared with that of the black and white heroes who have often met a most determined and even desperate foe on many a hard-fought field the hearts of us poor women in the north have often bled as we all these years at home lay secure and safe whilst our loved ones were fighting like giants against the enemies of human liberty and mankind also the bravest of the brave were in the field white and black all fought alike well they were the flower of all the men of the north they were swifter than eagles they were stronger than lions 
the war no doubt is now drawing to a close the host of slavery is in their last ditch even at richmond in virginia where blacks and whites will have to finish them between them and when this cruel war is all over and those who remain alive return home again then the country will begin to teem with chronicles and histories of the great rebellion but will one hundredth part of the truth ever be told i don't think it ever will because it will never be known and who can write the history of that which we don't know such and such things could be related but there is no one to record them it is very true that we may catch a glimpse of things here and there but for one item that is recorded there will be a thousand lost there are the marches and the countermarches the snow the rain and the hail of winter the heats and droughts of summer weakness and sickness arising from the want of all things hunger and fatigue oh there is none but the lord from heaven himself who can ever know all that our brave fellows have endured before they breathe their precious lives away in the service of their country just consider for a moment how their decaying bodies have been found weeks and months afterwards in the deep ravines at the bottom of swamps and rivers in the wild tangled thickets of the forest upon every highway and under every green tree here a poor wounded fellow wandering away by himself and perishing all alone in a strange land far from home and his native state who knows all about the end of that man and who shall write his heroism and the suffering he endured before the lord put an end to his pains and took him home to heaven to himself alas alas there is no one to tell us how he suffered fought and died we only know that he marched forth to the field in health and strength in vigorous life and did his part in pulling down this terrible rebellion a wicked rebellion indeed built upon the broken laws of human nature an outrage upon humanity and a sin against god but those gallant heroes who have fallen in the war often said that it was simply their part to do their duty and if they fell their wives and children would at least be free and not forgotten by a grateful and christian government they shall not be forgotten when i look around me and see the great advance along the whole line already in the way of human liberty the results are perfectly grand and most inspiring with the exception of a small section of the confederacy it may be truthfully stated that the armies of the union have already freed all the slaves from the potomac to the rio grande one grand song of liberty has been sung by the emancipated race was there ever such a shout of joy heard since the israelites escaped from egyptian slavery when pharaoh and all his hosts perished in the red sea who would ever have imagined that in our own day history would thus have repeated itself but it has done so all the same and for the selfsame reason our own poor oppressed people have raised one universal shout to heaven and sung all along the whole line i will sing unto the lord for he hath triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea o my brother ye brave soldiers of the army of the union ye have deserved well of your god and of your country and your honours will never fade while sun and moon endure white and black soldiers shoulder to shoulder have marched to the field they have overthrown their terrible foe and they have cleared the way for the education the christianization and grand enlightenment and intelligence of an emancipated race 
our sufferings have been great the whole nation has suffered but the sacrifice has not been made in vain for generations unborn shall arise and call you blessed your labors toils and sufferings will neither be lost nor forgotten the entire emancipated race will bless you while life and time shall last your name shall be inscribed upon the roll of fame and all generations shall conspire to call you blessed be thou faithful unto death and i will give you a crown of life enter ye into the joy of your lord mr chairman ladies and gentlemen i thank you very much indeed for your kind attention to my few remarks when mrs lincoln had thus spoken she resumed her seat amidst a loud and long-continued storm of applause the gallant chairman then called for three cheers and a tiger for the lincoln family which were given with a terrible vim when the meeting broke up and we all scattered for our separate homes but a grander demonstration was never gotten up in the city of new orleans the last grand struggle of war was in virginia where general grant gathered together many of the veterans who had fought in the south and southwest including twenty thousand colored troops one-half at least of whom were veterans and there were also many powerful enthusiastic recruits who desired nothing better than an opportunity to assist in knocking down the confederacy a goodly number of those brave young fellows had been enlisted in maryland it is quite amusing to recall the letters and chronicles of the times when the recruiting officers landed from their vessels on the shores of the chesapeake marched up to the slaveholders estates called for all the male slaves to be brought before them when they picked out the strongest and the best asked them if they were willing to fight for freedom and the union and always receiving the joyful answer yes master i am willing laid down their tools there and then and marched on board the union vessels with great delight it was in vain that their rebel masters and mistresses pointed out their need of their slaves to gather in their harvest which was then about ripe eighteen sixty three or that the officers took their able-bodied servants who left their teams right there on the highways the heads of the horses being turned round in the direction of the plantation the rebel masters and mistresses were simply referred to washington for redress if any could be got there you must apply to the secretary of war we are merely acting under orders from the head of the department in the meantime the delighted slaves marched on board and were taken to the camp appointed for drilling and thus many a splendid soldier was recruited who mightily helped to pull down the confederate states the children and i spent a delightful time as i remember well on the twenty sixth of april eighteen sixty four reading the glorious accounts in the papers of the grand march the day before past the white house at washington of the mighty army destined for the conquest of virginia and the destruction of the entire slaveholders rebellion that never-to-be-forgotten show day was indeed one of the red-letter days for the army of the union among whom were thousands of colored soldiers who marched gaily past and hurrahed lustily for father abraham who was smiling down upon them from the balcony of the white house although they were not yet declared american citizens still these brave young men were going to fight for the star-spangled banner they had often heard the name of abraham lincoln but this was the first time they ever saw him and they swung their caps around their heads clapped their hands and shouted aloud for joy hurrah 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 for mr lincoln three cheers for the president long and loud were the rejoicings as regiment after regiment marched past powerful enthusiastic men who were once slaves but now freemen with steady step and even ranks moved in splendid order down the street past the white house on their venturesome way to the seat of war
the president had never seen a general review of colored troops before but he was greatly pleased indeed and heartily acknowledged their enthusiastic shouts by bowing and waving his hand to them and making himself agreeable and pleasant to them as they marched past thus the whole army under review passed on crossed yon long bridge over the potomac river and entered the state of virginia poor brave fellows many of them never returned alive but they were the bravest of the brave and performed their glorious mission the grand march was passed at washington it was like the ball and dance before the battle of waterloo when the british and allied armies had that glorious night's revelry before they marched to the field to meet the french under napoleon and so some twenty thousand men of african descent met on the soil of virginia to contend with lee and his confederate veterans it would require a whole volume to itself to relate all the marching and countermarching of the next twelve months the battle in the woods the advancing and retreating and the fighting at the fords of the rivers of virginia general grant poor fellow lost many brave men for the rebels were bold and courageous they were on their own soil and worst of all were fighting for slavery the evolutions of the contending hosts these last twelve months of the war remind me somewhat of the great circus where the horse and their riders fly along in one unending whirl whilst grant seemed to stand in the middle of the circus and direct the evolutions of both riders and steeds the colored troops came in for their full share of the work bravely performed their duties every time but alas there was many a brave man who was laid under the sod yes it would take a whole volume to recount all the deeds that our brave brothers did marching and fighting month in and month out in summer's heat and winter's cold it was in the end of september eighteen sixty four that general butler at the head of a strong force of colored troops carried the new market heights and utterly defeated the rebels our loss was considerable but our own men were completely successful many other instances of devotion and bravery might be given but it would be nothing but an unendless task general grant and all the other commanders had nothing but good words for our heroic brothers it was now the beginning of april eighteen sixty five the bottom had almost been knocked out of the confederacy by sherman's march from atlanta to the sea general lee and his determined rebel crew still held out at richmond but grant and the union armies were thinning them down and wearing them out then came the fall of petersburg the key to richmond and then followed the retreat of the rebels from richmond itself the intention of lee and the rest of the confederates was to betake themselves to the mountains and there carry on a guerrilla war warfare as long as they had a man left to carry the rebel flag and shoot a gun but this was not allowed swift-footed white and black troops followed them up with unrelenting vigor day and night with horsemen and footmen we hurried after them and at last got right in front of them and outflanked them also at appomattox courthouse the confederates had been without food for three days and nights and all things were coming to an end lee soon discovered that he could not break through the union forces under grant meade and sheridan at one and the same time he therefore dispatched fleet couriers to each one of the three union generals to cease fighting and stating that he would surrender himself and his army prisoners of war generals grant and lee accordingly met when the surrender was made and when the rebel forces in other parts of the south heard of the surrender of lee at appomattox courthouse they also laid down their arms thus the south was conquered and slavery was destroyed the shackles were knocked off four million of our own beloved race the union was restored and as lincoln said the mississippi father of waters flowed once more unvexed to the sea glory to god 
i shall never forget the excitement when the news arrived at new orleans that lee had surrendered among the rebel sympathizers it was a time of great depression indeed but among all union people and the entire colored race most of all it was truly a time of such rejoicing as only occurs once in a lifetime people embraced and even kissed one another who had never met before they shed tears of joy sang shouted and gave glory to god it was a perfect carnival both day and night to the colored race at least it brought the deepest the most sincere joy and all felt that the war had not been waged in vain nor so many valuable lives sacrificed for nothing in many parts of the union the people met together in halls and churches for the purpose of giving praise and glory to god and there was general rejoicing over the triumph of the armies of the union thousands i might say millions never went to bed that night was like the night when the israelites came out of egypt it was the passage of the red sea over again sing unto the lord for he hath triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea praise ye the lord the war also vindicated and proved the complete manhood of the colored race before the entire world at least two hundred thousand of the flower of our youth had fought most manfully to save the very life of the nation in fact the late slave had earned his own freedom and therefore had at least as much reason to thank his own powerful right arm as to uncle sam himself and the armies of the union it now gives me great pleasure to inform the kind reader that tom was now completely recovered from the effects of the wounds he had received up the river it was now the month of june eighteen sixty five and we were all longing to see our dear friends at buffalo and they also were anxious to see us as tom and the girls had never seen the gulf of mexico nor the atlantic ocean we thought it would afford us a pleasant variety in the line of travel to return home by havana and new york city so we all took a tender leave of our dear friends at the hospital and throughout the city many of whom came down to the new york boat to give us the last sweet tokens of affection and see us off as upon the former occasion when mrs sutherland and i came this way we had splendid weather all the way to havana where we all landed and had a pleasant walk through the city of the capital of cuba it is wonderful what a good idea a person can get of a strange place even in a few hours we got up steam once more passed through among the bahama islands and made a call for a few hours at the beautiful little city of nassau on the island of new providence this belongs to the english and is the most spicy and perfect place in all the west india islands got up steam again and passed cape hatteras in safety and in due time landed at new york after which we took the train for buffalo where we arrived after a long and weary ride on the cars and mr and mrs john b sutherland and several other dear friends gave us a very warm welcome when they met us at the depot and took us all to our own home End of chapter eleven